right, welcome to the Just Create Podcast. We are on episode two. We're talking about uh, curating your own inspiration. I'm here today with Sergio Hernandez. What's up? And, uh, and Sergio is like actually one of the people I know that is probably better about this than most. I'm not even sure if he realizes it. But every time he's on his phone, he's on like Instagram or he's on somewhere trying to like like put pictures together and gather inspiration. You want to talk about that? Um, yeah, I'm constantly always looking for new ideas just because I get bored really quickly. Um, I, I have a lot of interests that I do, so like it goes beyond just visual stuff like creating images and whatnot, like painting and drawing and stuff. So when I'm on Instagram or just on the internet in general, I'm usually usually just looking for stuff, more stuff for for me to create, just keep me keep me busy. Yeah, that's kind of the same thing that I use it for. I I use like Instagram and Twitter and uh, Behance and sometimes Dribble. I don't really go on Dribble a whole lot because I actually don't know why I should go on there more. I've never heard of Dribble. You never heard of Dribble? No. Really? Yeah. It's actually a really good website. Um, I know that Ryan's on it, like Ryan, our professor. And um, someone like a better name artist, I think you need to be invited to actually upload your own work though and comment. And I think that that's kind of the appeal to it, where it's like artists, like it's a community like specifically for artists and designers, and that's kind of cool. So if you ever get on Dribble, like you know, it's, that's a pretty good accomplishment. <laughs> I might have to check that out. Yeah, you talk to uh, talk to Ryan, and maybe he'll get you in. <laughs> Um, you want anybody to check out your Instagram and like you know, um, see your work? Yeah, sure. Uh, Surge two two two. It's S U R G E two two two. Yeah, he posts a lot of uh, interesting stuff whenever he posts. I'm not sure if he's done it in a while. Yeah, I, I try to post something like it uh, at least every week or so. Usually, I try to start posting like every day, but then I've gotten behind just because schoolwork and stuff. But yeah, yeah I post stuff pretty often. Yeah. So, a little bit of my um, starting questions. What made you want to get into a uh, creative career? Like, you know, what... Because I know for me, whenever I was a kid, I just always liked making things. I, I always liked um, the ability to take something that wasn't there before and turn it into something else. It kind of like with like yeah. Legos and Play-Doh. And that's kind of like very like base-base level. But it's just fun to create. At least that's it for me. So. Yeah. Uh, like What people know me for is like drawing and painting. And it's funny because I literally never draw or paint unless it's for like school. Uh, I was always building stuff like Legos, Play-Dohs, uh, just going outside and gathering wood and just like creating things. Um, what was the question again? I totally got it. <laughs> what made you want to get okay, into yeah. creative? That was the beginning of wanting to start creating stuff. So when I got into school, like the middle school year, they offered painting, or not painting, just art classes in general. And I've just been taking art classes ever since, and I've done well in it. So I just figured take the easy route and do something <laughs> I'm good at. <laughs> um, I would argue that you know art isn't easy, even if you're it's, good at it. Yeah, it's not easy, but... It's, Easier than it's doing comfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's comfortable. It's very comfortable once 
you know it's something that you want to do. Like, if it's something you want to do with your life, it's not really easy. It's comfortable, though, because, like, you can't imagine yourself doing anything else. Yeah. Which and, makes it easier. Yeah, which makes it easier <laughs> in the long run. So, I guess we are taking the easy route. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just want to talk about, like, you know, taking responsibility for your own inspiration. And, like, and because I think that there's, there's, a, there's a misconception that a lot of artists have. And I don't think that any of the artists around us have that because... We're in an environment where people are constantly trying to grow and learn from their art uh, in school right now. And um, I, aside from maybe a few that don't last very long, but I think that we we do have this culture where artists just sort of wait for inspiration. Yeah. And people just wait for ideas to come to them. And um, I think that the I think that there are good artists that do wait. I think there. I think that you can be a good artist and wait for inspiration to come to you. But there is a huge difference between an artist who who waits for his inspiration and one who actively looks for it. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I don't know if you've ever heard this, this analogy before, but there's like the 90% of the work you do is the easiest work you'll ever do. And like, you know, it's that 10% that pushes you beyond to like what you thought you could do. And it's just sort of the idea that once you get to a certain place, you don't really stay comfortable with it. You don't try yeah. and coast. You always try and um, be better. Always try and be like the best artist that you can be or the best designer that you can be. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one of the professors here, uh, Jack Maxwell, I had his wife as my art teacher for four years. And the thing she pushed us on it uh, all the time was just um, even if we weren't feeling like painting or we weren't into the project that we were doing, we just always have to work through it. And so that's the mentality I've always had just because that's what she's always drilled into me. So, and noticing other people that don't have that mentality, it shows in their work. I mean, there are some people that wait around for inspiration, but you just grow and you become more disciplined in what you're trying to do. If you just are always constantly working, no matter how you feel about whatever project that you're doing. Yeah. There was this one comic I used to read online. Um, and I'm not going to say what it was because I'm a little bit embarrassed by it. But um, <laughs> the, the artist was pretty, was, was pretty popular. And um, he had this blog where he would answer questions like from his artists and stuff. Mm -hmm. And... Um, one of the one of the one of his fans asked him um, because he would make like like a piece like like every single day and post it and it was pretty amazing and they asked him um, how how do you manage to work every single day on this and he said that you know I'm very passionate about what I do I'm very I'm very like driven to be an artist and be and be creative. However, there are days where I'm not really feeling up to it. Mm. I need to work past those days because you don't get to choose when to come and go from your job if you're like an engineer or if you're a police officer or if you're um, in a work where you work nine to five every single day. Just because your job is creative doesn't give you the excuse that you're not feeling inspired. And that's something that and I was reading this comic back when I was like in high school. Like I think it was my sophomore year, 
I was transitioning to my junior year trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I already knew I wanted to do something creatively, but I didn't really want to put the effort into it because I knew that, you know, being an artist would be hard. It would be hard to find a career that I would be able to sustain myself off of. And I think that my, that quote really got to me because, um, it's not, it's not about like how you feel whenever you paint. I mean, sometimes like, the best work you can do is when you do something whenever you feel very emotional about it. But whenever you're working and you have a job to do, you absolutely need to do it. And it's kind of like, you know how whenever you write papers in high school and like in college and like you procrastinate like the entire like time and then it's like, it's the night before. You don't like go like, oh, I'm going to watch every single yeah. season of Friends on, on Netflix um, you're like, I gotta do this. There is no more time to procrastinate. Yeah. And I think that, um, even if, even if that's sort of like a negative mentality, I think it's better than not doing anything at all. Yeah. Which is what I do all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, cause we're in, I mean, we're in college right now. We all, we both have assignments along with, you know, every other art major in the art building. And, if you asked any art major, like, you know, one thing you need more in their life, the probably answer was sleep. <laughs> and, uh, it's, I mean, cause we're here at, let me see, what, what time is it? It's 11.42 at night, yeah. and Sergio is painting right now on, on the project that he's doing. And I just got done meeting with my group about an art history assignment for tomorrow. And we finished at around 11.30. I consider that early. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not even done. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely, like, a lot of work that you got to put into if you want to um, do art and you want to do design. And it's definitely something that is interesting. I actually want to talk about this, but I wasn't sure if this would be a good podcast for it, but I figured why not. Um I heard somewhere that there's a strong distinction between art and design. That um, art is something that's subjective. It's something that you can find beautiful. It's something that you either like or dislike and call it art. Whereas, and it has the option to be functional, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Whereas design, you don't have... Um, art, where, where a design is something that has to be functional. Like that's its only purpose. If it, it doesn't function, it's not design. And I just thought that that was interesting because, you know, you and I are both designers and the core, the core aspect of design is finding problems. It's like finding problems and solving them. And, um, and that explains why my favorite game is Portal 2. Because <laughs> that entire game is just figuring out puzzles and figuring out problems. And this is sort of satisfying feeling you get whenever you solve a problem and it's just unlike anything else yeah i think that's why one of my favorite games is uh, god of war just because there's so many puzzles and complex things and that you have to like go through and figure out just the design of it's amazing that game but, is amazing yeah <laughs> um i was actually playing uh god of war with my friends i think like a year ago and i went over to the house and i just like walked in because you know that's that we had and they were stuck on a level, and and they were like, I don't know what to do. And then I looked at it for five minutes, and I fixed it. <laughs> like I just kind of like did it, 
And they were like, I've been on that part for 45 minutes. I don't know what the hell you just did. That's <laughs> what my brother used to do. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think that we're just uh, geared to solve problems. Because, I mean, I think, and I think that we can take that for granted at times that um, we surround ourselves with people who also like solving problems. Like, you know, we're in an art building right now where a ton of other art students uh, solve problems each and every day. And I think that... Some of them. I know some of them. <laughs> there are definitely people here that um, that there's a strong distinction <laughs> between um, artists. Because the thing that separates a good and a great artist is how much effort you put into. I mean, if you just do the schoolwork and you just do the assignments that are assigned to you, um, I'm sure that you'll make it through school fine and you'll get, and you'll get a degree, but... I think that some of the good value that comes from making art is from making your own art. And that's why I think that me and Sergio each do personal projects of our own and we each try to um, take what we learn here and sort of apply it to other aspects of our life and try to just create art, create our own art that aren't, that 30 other students aren't also making. Yeah, like right now, we're both taking painting in type one, which is like the beginning design class for typography, and uh, plus other classes. And we're both doing side projects. Like right now, I'm doing a side type uh, kind of, um, I guess, series uh, for one of my professors, for Ryan. Yeah. Like so, on top of all my other assignments, every week I have to produce a different. Uh, I guess typeface or some type of design for a certain word that he assigned to me. So that's how I push myself. This is actually really interesting. I, I like that idea. Um, I'm actually working on... I started carrying around my Moleskine notebook that I bought <laughs> yeah. two weeks ago and I started just like anytime I come up with an idea I just like write it down. Um, I have like this one that's like keep moving forward that's like an arrow and... Like, you know, the D is an arrow, and um, I have uh, type anatomy, where you can, like, look on the inside of the letter, and there are, like, oh, little, sweet. Are, like organs. Nice. And, uh, yeah, these are all ideas. And, you know, I can post my sketches inside the podcast, like, blog. I'm still in the anatomy. <laughs> I'll beat you to it. And um, and I was really frustrated with JPEG, so I just did, like, JPEG sucks. I think that I'd be, like, a cool shirt. Yeah. And JPEG sucks. Because I freaking hate JPEG. It it doesn't look good. Like, it never looks good. I was really upset when I found out that Squarespace doesn't support PDF. What is it just? It supports uh, PNG, which is actually pretty amazing. Because I like having a transparent what's the Yeah, what's, what's the difference between, like, what is PNG? I don't even know what that is. PNG Policy is... Policy is an option or, like... I don't really know what it stands for because I haven't looked that far into it. But as far as I can tell, it's it's an it's an it's an image that whenever you upload it, it uh, you can see transparency sort of, or it'll be transparent. So if you place an image and you want and you don't want like the white square, mm -hmm. um, you do it in a set of a PNG file. And if you do it in Adobe Illustrator, um, it'll just show the vector, which is pretty cool. Like um, I think there's an app on my iPad I use. Uh, what's that one that um, 
we'll turn into a video. I know this, that like, you can download a video for it, and there are like all these different brushes and all these different things. I forgot what it's called. Is it, uh, I'm talking about? It's, uh, the, the app has like a black background with like a white brush. It's like a rainbow. Oh, uh, <laughs> jeez. Oh, I completely on. forgot. Wait. Anyway, um, you can actually draw on that and save it as a PNG file. Yeah. And um, so for... Procreate. Procreate, that's what it is. I can't believe I forgot that because it's such a funny name. Yeah. <laughs> um, for, for a long time, um, the logo on my website was, a, was my signature. And so I just, you know, took my finger and I drew up my signature on Procreate. And um, then I saved, I saved it as a PNG and sent it to my, to my, um, to my email. And I uploaded it to my website. And I had a good background. Um, and I just had my, my signature as my background. And that was, or as my logo. And that was pretty cool because um, it kind of felt, it kind of felt, like really, like hand done because you know it, it was it was hand done. Finger done. Finger done. There we go. That's it. Okay. It's yeah. with Procreate. Come in, on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Procreate is an awesome app. If you have an iPad, I strongly recommend it. Um, also, it makes cool videos once you're done. It's it's like it's like eight bucks, right? I think it's like six, maybe. Six, six bucks. Know. Even better. Even better. <laughs> so, uh, I'll be collecting our check from Procreate. And, no, no, no. Okay, so I think we've talked a very good amount about, uh, inspiration and things of the sort. So we're gonna move on to some of like the news topics of the week. Um, where anytime there's art news, I'm gonna try and talk about it. Um, cause I can't really find a good resource for art news. So I figured, uh, why not be one? So. <laughs> And, um, you know the Renaissance artist El Greco? The Greek? Yeah. Was he Renaissance? I think he was Renaissance. Anyway, um, back in the, back in World War II, um, a lot of paintings were stolen by the Nazis. Yeah. And, uh, so made that, it made like, it, it be And, um. I haven't seen that yet. Me either. Mm-hmm. I just know the reference. <laughs> and, um,. El Greco was a Renaissance painter, and the Nazis pretty much stole his painting during a World War II. And um, and just uh, just this past week, March twenty third, uh, an El Greco painting uh, was was given back to his family. Like, and it's just really cool that like they were able to uh, retrieve it after so long. And that I think it's just a testament to show like. How much we value culture, that things like that coming back after so long means so much to us. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, like I, I can't imagine like that, like that feeling of just getting getting that history back. Yeah, it's probably worth a lot of money. Also, it's probably worth. A lot of money. <laughs> Speaking of a lot of money, um, you know Picasso, right? Yeah. Sort you of, know, I think I've heard of he's it. this sort of like underground artist that no one really talks about. He uh, he does something called cubism. It's really, really uh, underground stuff. You, you probably haven't heard of it. <laughs> and um, three hundred pieces of his were found. Three hundred uh, by his old electrician, 
at least according to the New York Times. Um, Pierre Le Gunek. I'm gonna I'm gonna link these in yeah. in the podcast notes because uh, I'm not gonna get all these right, but you can read them on your own. He was employed by Pac- like by Picasso in his home in nearby Mogens, and they were handed uh, suspended two year jail sentence for possessing Picasso's artwork. Wow. And uh, they maintained that it was um, that it was given to them by Picasso, which you know he was sort of known for. He would give yeah. out his work. So, how do you feel about um, them being given a jail sentence for possessing all this work? Um, I mean, I think it's pretty stupid. Just because of the fact they don't have any proof that he stole it, and plus, that was like, what was, when did he die? I forgot. Picasso? Like, yeah. I can look that up right now. I want to say, I have no idea, I don't remember. Um, but last week, <laughs> he's that he's that underground. He just came out. No, but there has to be like a a time limit to where he died in Mogens, France, April eighth. Pablo Casso, Tyne of twentieth century art, died and died this morning. Okay, what? When was this? the wrong person to be doing news? <laughs> Shut up. Um, it's not giving me a date. This is stupid. Uh, 1973, April 8th. Yeah, I think okay. it was like 70s. Why did they link a mo- I, I asked, when did Picasso die? And it said, um, the first thing that popped up was a news article that was digitized from that time. And it said, this morning Picasso died. <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus, he was old. <laughs> um, yeah, that's 72, that's like... He was 91 years old whenever he died. So he, so he was pretty old when he died. Yeah. 40 years when he died, 40 years ago, and he probably gave him those paintings a long time before he died. Yeah, so, I mean, Picasso was known to give away his artwork. He was known to be very generous with that. I think that's like the way you do it, though. Yeah. Have you ever seen that episode of Doctor Who? I don't know if you watched like, Doctor Who. I used to watch the original Doctor Who. Oh, yeah, you were uh, telling me about that. But I haven't seen any of like, the new Doctor Who stuff, like just because I know I'll get addicted to it. Yeah. And I'll start watching them. Yeah, it's actually really good. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't seen it in a while, but I do remember this one episode, uh, where he met, where the doctor met Vincent Van Gogh. <laughs> and, um, it was, it was actually really a touching episode. You saw, like, how, like, pained he was as an, as an artist. Like, he would go to a bar and he would try to sell his artwork at the bar for a drink. And, like, man, if that worked, I'd be painting nonstop. Like, <laughs> But, um, and the whole premise of the show was that he could, like, see monsters that nobody could, and he, like, not even the doctor, mm. because he saw the world differently, and that was, like, why That's his impressionist cool. painting were so unique, and at the end of the episode, he sort of expressed, like, how he was, um, an how... An alien? No, no, <laughs> not, like, how he was, um, really sort of pained that nobody appreciated his work. Even yeah. though he put like his entire life into it, yeah. And so the doctor like took him to, uh, like, the future and to modern day, mm-hmm. and like showed him a museum that's like all Van Gogh work. Yeah. And and the dude started like um, crying, like Van Gogh started crying on the spot, and I was like, man, it sounds so emotional. I know, and I was just like, 
I'm a man, I don't cry. <laughs> just like, but imagine like what that would be like. Just like I somebody am. Taking, <laughs> it's very emotional. It's very, it's very heartwarming. Very, I don't know. Like if somebody did that to me, I probably would do the exact same. I would probably just like cry on the spot. Just be like, oh god. <laughs> I'd go back to the past, cocky. <laughs> no. I mean, would that suck? Yeah. It's like good. going back to the past and just being like. Uh, only 200 more years. <laughs> and just, maybe that's why he killed himself. Maybe that's why he, he was just like, he was just like, okay, I can't wait anymore. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think that, yeah, we're at 25 minutes. I think we're at a good time to stop. Yeah. Um, you want to know where people can find your work? You want, or you want people to know where they can find your work? I mean, right now, I don't have a website or anything. Uh, so, like, most of my work is just on Instagram, which is at Surge222. Yeah, at Surge222. Uh, yeah, that's where most of my sketches and quality work is. I have some self- selfies on there. Don't, some don't worry selfies. about those. <laughs> don't worry about the selfies. And uh, you can find my stuff at josephrodriguezdesign.com. There's also a blog for the podcast where I will be posting each individual episode. And it's there that you can comment and, you know, leave your comment. And uh, if you want to contact uh, me. And um, if you want to write a review, that's another way to contact us. Just write a review and um, say what you want to say. One star or five, I don't really care. But uh, thank you guys for listening. And uh, see you next time. Bye. Woo.